Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 7th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers using the blueprint that is the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we are convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. Are you proud to be an American, ladies and gentlemen? Just who is Michael Richard Pompeo? All right. Just so you know, he's a former three-term congressman. He served under Donald Trump as the CIA director for a year. And then he was the Secretary of State for several years after that. Mike Pompeo emails me several emails. Of course, I'm just on a list. It's not personal. I can't get a hold of Mike for any reason. Elites are impossible to get a hold of. Nevertheless, he basically says these religious terms. I have no doubt that Satan is real and seeks to divide our nation through discord and exploitation. Okay, they want to take away our pride in our country. This they will not do. Don't be discouraged and don't lose hope in America. We are and will always will be the shining hill on a city or the the uh, <laughs> the shining city on a hill. And then he talks about his pack. And I find that interesting. It's like the Hank Williams Jr. song. They tell you, hey, send your money to the Lord, but they give you their address. <laughs> yeah, Mike Pompeo. Shame on this guy. It turns out that he's out of control, uh, in my opinion. He's absolutely out of control. And shame on him, too. Look, what did he do to stop the tyrannical abuse uh, when he was the CIA director? Don't they say once CIA, always CIA? Is this guy a good guy or what? Uh, Then this guy literally acts like, hey, when he was the Secretary of State, did he look into election fraud then when he had the chance? I don't think so. What did they do? Did they abolish any government programs, any government uh, uh, departments? Did, what, what happened? Now we read the story that says this. Lawsuit uncovers army of feds censoring speech in America. Officials across at least 11 agencies have secretly communicated with all kinds of top media folks. There's a big lawsuit about this. Look, the government committed election fraud. Now there's a lawsuit uncovering the army of feds. You want to read about it? WND.com. All right? And it gets interesting. A developing lawsuit that is now embroiled in arguments over what discovery is to be allowed. So they're debating if we can even discover the whole details. Government's going to go ahead and um, what? classify and deep six and whatever but a developing lawsuit is now embroiled in arguments over what can even be discovered yeah they don't want us to know all the companies all the government departments that are in bed together right 
That's the problem. A poll reveals now that 80% of Americans believe that, hey, the censorship from the government made it to where Donald lost and Joe won. It's that censorship. The spiking of the Joe Biden Hunter stories and the promoting of the fake dossier on Donald changed the game for 2020. It's clear election fraud meddling, violating the First Amendment over 11 agencies, and we can't even use full discovery to get to the bottom of this. Court documents now reveal that the censorship campaign across the Biden administration was even confirmed by one of Joe's appointees. Look, World Net Daily, Liberty Roundtable Live, and others have reported that there's little question that Mark Zuckerberg's $420 million handed out to election folks literally changed the game. And now states are violating their own laws relating to countable ballots. It's all fraud, folks. It's all criminal. Second hour, we had on Alex Newman, award-winning journalist, senior editor at thenewamerican.com and writer for the Epic Times as well, dear friend of mine. And we talked about his book, Deep State. And we talked about, he says, we are seeing a controlled demolition of American power, of American prestige, economic might, and military might. Now, Newman says there's still time to stop or slow them down if we get a handle on uh, our elections. That's a big if. We talked about Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth election summit that was attended by Alex, Jones, or by Alex Newman that was in Springfield, Missouri. And hundreds witnessed the evidence relating to election fraud in this country. Do not trust in princes, wisely, says Alex. So don't trust Donald or any of them. As the GOP nears midterms, sites are minimizing their ties to Trump and their ties to pro-life. At least 10 Republican candidates in competitive races have updated their websites to literally minimize all that stuff. Republicans are increasingly worried that both Mr. Trump and the pro-life agenda might tank their chances to get elected. And my response is, if they don't protect life, liberty, and property, they're not even worth electing, number one. And number two, my question to them is, you're going to distance yourself from Donald? What about election fraud? See, it isn't about Donald. This election fraud is not about Donald. It's about your government through the FBI and the CIA. Go back to Operation Mockingbird. You got to understand your government has literally been meddling in elections, folks, suppressing uh, the Joe Biden Hunter story, carrying one candidate, Hillary Clinton's fake dossier against another candidate, Donald Trump, literally suppressing some stories and promoting other stories in all kinds of media, 11 government agencies plus involved. And we haven't even gotten to the bottom of the discovery on this thing. It's all in court. It's all coming out. And the evidence is clear and there. Ladies and gentlemen, this is flat out criminal activity by your government with election tampering, plain and simple. And Mark Zuckerberg, he acts like he's the victim that, oh, they just came to me and I kind of had to do this. I'm so sorry. No, 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 they're partners. Mark Zuckerberg spent $420 million, almost a half a billion dollars on the election as he partnered with these people. That's why they won't let us get complete discovery because we'll find out it's a, it's a three-way menage a trois kind of a thing. You got big tech in bed with government in bed with the military to literally commit election fraud. And then they run around and say, there's no evidence for election fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on such different planets, it's not even funny. 
All right, that's a recap of yesterday's show. James Edwards, the political cesspool.org, is with me. And boy, do we got a barn burner story to highlight the divide in America today. James, welcome, sir. Sam, always so good to talk to you, my brother. And I wish uh, with the topic at hand this particular hour, we were under better circumstances. Do you want to talk quickly about this proven election fraud now in court? Well, I think... uh, you know, the, uh, and I was reading another article you had sent me a moment ago from the Epic Times, and I think at this point, as you said, the divide is so real and is so stark and is so insurmountable. I don't see America coming back together again. I don't see the red and the blue states coming back together again. I just don't think it'll happen. Uh, that's not me being pessimistic. That's not me having a wishful thinking type of mentality. I just think that's the reality of where we are right now. Uh, never before have divides been so exacerbated. Uh, you do, you have people now that are not of uh, a common faith. There's no commonality at all. It's not just political preferences. It's not uh, center right or center left and uh, Bush and Clinton and things like that. No, we don't have the same language. We don't have the same faith. We don't have the same heroes. We don't have the same folkways. We don't have the same anything, nothing that actually keeps a nation so as, as one piece exist in america anymore yeah let me prove your point in the speech that donald or that uh, joe biden just gave a couple of days ago he literally said blatantly donald trump and the maga or make america great again republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic well for once he said republic but how do you work with people that literally say we're threatening the very foundations Uh, of the country we are so diametrically opposed to one another on what's important in america we say we got to get a handle on elections he says you're extreme and crazy in january 6th we're putting you all in jail donald says hey the dossier about me that clinton created uh, was dishonest and wrong in an election manipulation they say you're crazy then courts come out and prove us right and him wrong but then he says well you're a threat to democracy And he's going to just start arresting people. The question is, do you think they'll arrest Donald Trump eventually? I think that's where they're headed. And Alex Newman feels as well also. Um, Look, they're going to arrest the Donald over this if they can. I think so. I mean, there's been so much political theater. Everything that they've done has been theater to slow him down. I think at this point, after Russiagate, the Russia hoax, after two or three impeachments, after the January 6th, narrative and now this fbi raid i i think it's so obvious that what they're doing is political theater that they almost have to take it to the next level now or it's going to become the sheep and the wolf uh the sheep who cried wolf type of thing but yeah i mean this whole thing with, with regards to election fraud with regards to perjury uh, with regards to what's happening at mar-a-lago and the fbi raid it, it doesn't really matter you know this is we've gotten to the point here's the point i want to make sam we've gotten to the point now where america is so fractured that the truth itself doesn't even matter whatever the truth may be Whatever the truth may be, the Trump supporters will not be, uh, will will not go along with it. And if it favors the Democrats, they're not going to go along with it. The left versus right has such little trust in each other's mouthpieces that uh, unless it fits their narrative, it's it's not going to work for them. And you can't you can't have a cohesive nation with. And we'll that prove it with the next story and the truth regarding it in seconds on your radio.
Come celebrate the supreme law of the land at Loving Liberty's Constitution Day Dinner. Have you ever asked yourself, what's so great about America? Find out with guest speakers Lawrence Reed from Atlanta and Jeff Uch from Tucson, Arizona. We will also be introducing our new podcast, Ask an Immigrant. Join us Saturday, September 17th at 7 p.m. Located at Liberty Hall, 3677 North 2000 West, Far West, Utah. Get your tickets today at lovingliberty.net. That's lovingliberty.net. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, James Edwards from Memphis, Tennessee, has the goods on this next story. James? It is a story that has captured the national attention. It's an absolute tragedy. It happened just uh, late last week, and it centers around a private school teacher here in Memphis named Eliza Fletcher. She's a 34-year-old, or was a 34-year-old mother of two. She is uh, actually an heiress to a billion-dollar family fortune. Uh, and by all accounts, a very good woman. Uh, right before the so-called pandemic hit, she did a heartfelt video to her students uh, talking about she taught kindergarten. Uh, how much she would miss them uh, during the lockdowns and things like that. And she went out for a jog uh, late last week, early in the morning, and she was um, abducted, kidnapped, raped, and murdered by a black male. Now, I know we're not supposed to mention the races of victims and perpetrators unless they fit a narrative, but in this case, uh, the facts are that she was a young white woman and she was abducted and raped and killed by a black man, a career black criminal, by the way, who had just gotten out. Uh, serving a, a 20 year sentence uh, for similar crimes. And uh, 20 years ago, when we were on the air, Sam, when we first went on the air, nobody would talk about things like this in the way that they needed to. And now you have people at the very pinnacle of media power doing it. And I think that's a great development. Tucker Carlson did it on Fox News just last night. Cam? And welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, the most important thing to keep in mind in a period of intense change is that things are, in fact, changing. Things weren't always this way. So memory, history, is your best defense against manipulation. When you remember the way things were, you can fight to preserve them. When you no longer remember it was always this way, then you're at their mercy. So with that in mind, it's worth remembering that 100 years ago, Memphis was one of the richest, best organized cities in the country. It had a booming economy. It had beautiful municipal parks, a lot of them, more than 100. It had one of the most modern sanitation systems in the world, something we take for granted now. But when yellow fever was real, no one took it for granted. Memphis was such a big deal that it, in fact, was the informal capital of an entire American region, the Mississippi Delta. But not anymore. In fact, by last year... If you went to Memphis, it was hard to believe that any of that had ever been true at any point, because by that point and now, Memphis had become a husk and a highly threatening one. In 2021, according to federal statistics, Memphis, Tennessee was the most dangerous city in the United States. Last year, it recorded a total of 342 murders. Now, how many is that? Well, by comparison, San Antonio, Texas, which has more than twice the population, 
recorded fewer than half as many murders. So by any measure at all, Memphis was absolutely falling apart. But Liza Fletcher decided to make a life there anyway. After graduating from college, Fletcher moved back to Memphis. Both sides of her family had lived there for more than 100 years. She married a man she'd met in church. He grew up there too, and they had two little boys. She began teaching pre-kindergarten at a local girls' school. Here's a video that she made for her students at the beginning of the COVID lockdowns. It's only 15 seconds long, but you can tell immediately what sort of person Liza Fletcher was. Hey, girls, it's Miss Fletcher. I miss all of you so much. I'm just at home with my kids, missing you guys, wishing we were back at St. Mary's. But I wanted to touch base and say, hey. Hey, girls, it's Mrs. Fletcher. I miss you so much. So every year on their wedding anniversary, Liza Fletcher's husband wrote her a love note on Instagram. Reading them now will make you cry. But you can see why he felt that way. Her warmth and her decency shine through. Meanwhile in Memphis, seven miles across the city, lived a man called Cleotha Abston. Like Liza Fletcher, Abston also grew up in the city of Memphis. But he could not have been a more different sort of person. Judging from his long public record, Cleotha Abston devoted his life to preying on people weaker than he was. Cleotha Abston was a predator. He was an evil man. At a young age, Abston was arrested for, among many, many other things, stealing, aggravated assault, weapons charges, carjacking, and rape. In 2000, he was convicted of kidnapping a local attorney at gunpoint downtown and forcing him into the trunk of his own car. Crimes like that are now common in Memphis. Last year, the city reported more than 100 kidnappings. But like most lifelong criminals, Cleotha Abston was never fully punished for what he did. He was released years before the end of his prison sentence. Nor was he in any way since reformed by his experience behind bars. Abston was well known in his apartment complex as of last week for his sexual aggression and his perversity. He terrified his neighbors. But no one from any part of the justice system seems to have intervened. Early last Friday morning, Liza Fletcher and Clutha Abston met for the first and last time. As her husband and two young children slept at home, Liza Fletcher went for an early morning run through her neighborhood. Cleotha Abston followed her, stalking her every move from a black SUV. According to the indictment, as Fletcher jogged by, Abston leapt out, beat her bloody, smashed her cell phone, then dragged her into his vehicle. Within an hour, Liza Fletcher was dead. She'd been sexually assaulted and murdered. Police arrested Abston soon after based on surveillance video, but he refused to say what had happened to Liza Fletcher. So her family waited in agony, but he didn't care. He never spoke. Yesterday, authorities finally found Liza Fletcher's body. She'd been thrown like garbage behind an abandoned building in a seedy part of town. The whole story could not be more shocking or more horrible. But here's what may be the scariest part. Some people didn't seem particularly shocked or horrified by it. In the hours after Liza Fletcher's disappearance, Biden voters on social media seemed to dismiss the crime on racial grounds. Why are we paying so much attention to the kidnapping of an attractive, privileged white woman? That's racist. Others seem to blame Fletcher for the atrocity committed against her. Why was she jogging at that hour anyway in Memphis? Come on. The point they're making was clear. Everyone knows the rules. Liza Fletcher violated those rules. You can't go outside at certain hours in certain places in America, obviously. And if you do, if you violate the rules, you run the risk of being raped and murdered. That's how things work in this country. So adapt, accept it move on. To some extent, if we're being honest, all of us feel that way. Whether we articulate it or not, we know what the rules are. 
We know what we can and cannot do in modern America. Nothing is ever spelled out. Nothing can be spelled out at risk of punishment. But everyone knows what the parameters are. Cities like Memphis or Baltimore or Detroit or Montgomery or Gary, Indiana or Wilmington, Delaware or a dozen, dozen other formerly prosperous, orderly little cities across the country were destroyed forever by the rioting that accompanied our last progressive social revolution more than 50 years ago. Politicized criminals started breaking things, torching buildings, stealing, and immediately anyone with a decent job just left. They pulled their kids out of school, sold the house or not, didn't matter, and they split for somewhere else. And mostly they have never come back. That is true not simply in Memphis, but in places all over the country. So it seems a little weird to a lot of people when someone like Liza Fletcher, someone who could live anywhere, voluntarily moves back to a place like Memphis. Not to some suburb of Memphis, but to the city of Memphis. That seems weird to people. But it's not weird. It's not odd at all when you think about it. Liza Fletcher was from Memphis. She grew up there, and she had a right to come back. This was her country, too, just as it's your country, too. An American citizen should be able to live or walk anywhere in America without being raped or murdered for it, period. That is the baseline requirement for civilization. It's called order. But increasingly, that is not what we have. What we have is a country where you just can't go some places. You're not wanted there, and it's too dangerous for you to go. Most people accept this by default, but we should never accept this under any circumstances. To accept something is to concede that it is more or less normal. Once we acknowledge something as normal, whether it's children being castrated in the name of trans rights or women being murdered by rapists who should have been in prison but weren't because equity, once we accept that as normal, we are stuck with it forever. It is the new status quo. It will never change except to get worse. The good people who lived in Memphis a century ago would never believe what has happened to the city they built. They would weep if they saw it. That will be the experience of every American before long. Our entire, our entire country will be Memphis if we don't put a stop to this insanity right now with as much force as is required. All right. Thank you, Cameron. There you go, James. Uh, this is out of control, and it's the reaction people are having to this that concerns us the most. I had, uh, of course, live in Memphis. I think people who follow my program know that, and uh, we, we've always been very upfront about that, and no secrets, and have been on the air in Memphis for 18 years. So when this story broke last week, a lot of uh, our listeners emailed me and asked if I was going to be covering this, and I began to think of how I would cover this, and then... I came across that Tucker Carlson clip, and I'm thinking, wow, because, again, when we first went on the air nearly two decades ago, nobody would have touched a racially charged story like this. And when I say like this, I mean honestly and with the facts, as Tucker just did. And now it's come so far uh, that it's not just media outlets like ours, uh, but uh, good for Tucker. I mean, the most highly watched cable news commentator in the country, and he is uh, going at it in a way that I don't think could be improved upon. I don't think whatever I could have done to cover this story would have been overshadowed by somebody that's sitting at Fox News, and I never thought we would see that day. So that is a good thing. That is a good thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this story leaves you almost speechless. Uh, because of the um, 
evil, satanic, violent nature of the story, for starters. Look, this guy with complete intent literally hunted down a white woman, literally watched her pattern, her routine, literally kidnapped her, literally violently raped and murdered her, getting rid of the cell phone so that nobody could track what was happening, uh, then literally lying about it, meaning I don't know where the body is or I'm not going to talk or whatever else, leaving the family in agony. This was a calculated, perpetrated crime of murder. And the problem that I have is the left, I don't know what you call them, they act like it's justifiable. And, and we'll talk about how and why in just a second on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Jeff Deal, a former state representative endorsed by President Trump, has won the Republican nomination for Massachusetts governor. He will face Democrat Attorney General Mara Healey in November's general election. The search for missing billionaire heiress and kindergarten teacher Eliza Fletcher in Tennessee came to a tragic conclusion Tuesday when the body discovered in South Memphis was Eliza. Memphis Police Chief Sarah Lynn Davis. First degree murder and perpetration of kidnapping, especially aggravated kidnapping and tampering with evidence. 38-year-old suspect Cleota Abstin will face a judge again this morning. Former White House advisor Steve Bannon said Tuesday that he expects to be charged soon in a state criminal case in New York City. 68-year-old Bannon plans to turn himself in on Thursday. Colorado Representative Ken Buck, a Republican on Newsmax, says if Republicans can retake the House this November, they will immediately begin a defund the IRS to stop the government intrusion. Well, what needs to happen is we need to stop funding the IRS until this, these provisions are rescinded so that this, this huge expansion of the IRS is dealt with in an appropriate way. What the Democrats did was really sneaky. A strong heat wave is affecting the West, breaking some records and putting the California electricity grid to the test. The heat will continue through the upcoming weekend throughout the southwestern United States. A float plane bound for the Seattle area carrying nine adults and one child crashed in Puget Sound, Washington State Sunday. The U.S. Coast Guard on Tuesday released the names of the ten people who were on the plane after suspending the search, presumably because their bodies were washed away with strong water currents. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. 
Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Cops discovered the body of billionaire heiress Eliza Fletcher in long grass behind an abandoned home in Memphis, Tennessee. After spotting vehicle tracks and smelling decay, they're charging this thug with the murder. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you the problem. I mean, it's bad enough that all this happened. She was literally brutally raped and murdered. I mean, the the thing just sickens you. But the worst part, in my opinion, is what Tucker pointed out wisely, and this is why Tucker is spot on and candid on this reality check. Good for Tucker, by the way, for telling it like it is. But you know what? My problem is the reaction to this. A lot of people are saying, what the heck is she out there jogging alone for? Hey, uh, you know what? Um, That's what a rich heiress deserves. Uh, You can't bring this up or you're a racist. Uh, and, And all these psychotic reactions are the most shocking, James. And this is why we started out the broadcast talking about this great divide in America. We can't even agree on, hey, a decent, law-abiding, moral citizen female. She can't even be protected. She can't even, we can't even defend her. We can't even be on the same page that this should not have happened to her and this is evil and wrong. And we can't even agree that the perpetrator should be, um, you know, in, in my opinion, I don't know if I should just say hung, but look, we need to follow due process of law, but we need to basically convict this guy, and he needs to be on death row. I well, mean, this is insanity. Okay, we can't even agree on the most basic discussion points. I'm like, yeah, you know what? She got killed. This is horrible. They're like, what the heck was she out there running for? Yeah, running. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. what the heck? A thing. This is a mother of two, a wife, uh, someone who works as a kindergarten teacher so she sacrificed some sleep to get out and stay fit and let's be and try clear, to stay healthy she doesn't even have to work though she's an she's an heiress of billionaires she doesn't yeah, have to right. work she no, does this because no, she, she loves the kids ladies and gentlemen let's be clear okay this and is she an was a marathon runner she was a marathon 50, runner she, I think. the 50 grand she gets or whatever she gets 60 grand 80 grand 100 grand, i don't know what she doesn't need any of that money folks okay but we can't even agree on the most basics that all americans should be protected from this abuse. So, See how uh, divided the, we are? Yes, exactly. And, I mean, it's a tale of two joggers. Look at uh, the uh, Maud Arbery. And, I, I, you know, certainly this, um, you would think that this murderer will receive the death penalty or at least life in prison. But here's the thing. And see, everybody's talking about this. Uh, this is on the heels of Joe Biden's dark Brandon speech last week and Trump had a rally. Uh, this is the biggest news story in the country. It is There is not a single news outlet in this country that is not covering this story. And there's not a single news outlet, print, television, you name it, that hasn't been covering it for the last three or four days. So this is, I think, the single biggest story in the country right now. Now that it's come to a resolution and her body has been found, tragically, you know, it will begin to dissipate. But for the last five days, I would say this has been the number one story. And the everybody's talking about it, as I said, including politicians. So here's Ted Cruz. I'm just browsing up and down the Twitter feed. Memphis is trending, and it's trending because of this. And, uh, you know, frankly, as Tucker said, uh, this is really the poison fruit of diversity and multiculturalism. 
and it's uh, it's just uh, a real shame. But uh, this suspect had just gotten out of prison serving a 20-year sentence, and he was let out early, years early. Tucker mentioned that. Here's Senator Ted Cruz, absolutely horrific. This tragedy could have been avoided if the suspect served his full sentence for a violent crime he had previously committed. But guess what happened, Sam? Uh, just back in August, just last month, the Democrats swept out uh, the local district attorney, and uh, you've got new mayor, uh, new mayor coming in, and their whole thing was, we're being too tough on crime. We've got to be more compassionate. What they're talking about is the predominance of black offenders that are in the Shelby County and Memphis City uh, you know, jails and prisons. And their whole platform was, let's be more lenient. You know, we got to give the, you know, everybody deserves a second chance and so on and so forth. And then, you know, just a couple of weeks later, here you go. Well, let's see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But this is what you've got. You've got a 70% black city. And so this is what they're going to elect. And uh, that's a racial reality. Tucker's taking it head on. And it's, um, you know, that, that's one thing, though, outside of Tucker, I don't know of very many other people who have really been focusing on that part of it. It's always focused on uh, in the very rare occasions when it's a, a white perpetrator and a black victim. Very rare uh, compared to the alternative scenario, which we are seeing here. And you can't cure something until you can talk about it. If you don't have an understanding of what the problem is, how are you ever going to come up with a solution? And... Uh, that that's something that really all the media is missing. But I don't care if the person's black or white, uh, or any other uh, you know ethnicity or whatever. I don't care if it's a male or female. Uh, I don't care. Okay, we're all sons and daughters of God. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't understand how anybody can defend and/or dismiss this horrible um, murder for what it is. Look, we need to go after this criminal. Uh, and we need to, you know, prove that it was really him. We need due process. I still accept that. But you know what? Um, how can we defend it? How can we say, well, what was she out jogging for? Or, you know, why was she there? That's what rich people get. Uh, this is a racial discussion. We can't bring this up. We got to defend the perpetrator. We got to dismiss this. We got to minimize uh, the abuse here. We got to cover up the details or we got to. How on earth can anybody in their right minds, and maybe that's the problem, they're not in their right minds, defend or dismiss this in any way? I don't care who it is. James? Yeah, but, I mean, yes, of course, we're all child uh, children and sons and daughters of God, but at the same fact, uh, at the same time, racial realities exist. And, and what, we're, what are we talking about here? We're talking about statistics compiled by their very own law enforcement organizations, whether it be the FBI, whether it be whatever organization you want to cite, uh, with regards to particularly violent and heinous interracial crimes, uh, there is certainly a trend there, and it trends the, the the way that this situation played out. And so I think you have to talk about that. You have to talk about these oh, realities. Oh, you do. And, uh, you do. But, but all I'm saying, as long as those um, realities exist to where we're going to defend and say, hey, she's white, so she doesn't matter. She's well, white, and this is so what she's Tucker less of a woman. 
she's white, so this must be dismissed as who cares or whatever else. See, these attitudes are the most racial, racist attitudes you can have, James. Well, this is what Tucker was. You're right, Sam. And you're right. And this is what Tucker was alluding to. We all know these rules. He was alluding to it without quite pinpointing it, although I think everybody clearly saw it was pretty transparent what he was talking to. You don't go out at certain times and in certain places and in certain cities. Well, why not? Because of the crime. Well, why is there crime? And it goes back to what I was talking about a moment ago. And, but, th- you know, it is interesting, though, that she believed that she would be safe in a city like Memphis at uh, – you know, she was out for a jog at 4.30 in the morning alone, a young uh, woman, and uh, that she would be safe. I mean, I know the area she was jogging in, and uh, I know people who wouldn't want to jog there, and she felt safe there. There was a story we covered a couple of years ago on the radio. It made national news, and there was a, a, a mob. And a, again, we're, we're talking facts here. I mean, these are facts. I think it, I think the facts are important. It was it was a mob of oh, I don't know a dozen or two dozen black teenagers, and there was a, a somewhat mentally handicapped uh, white teenager who was in the parking lot of a grocery store, and uh, they just beat him nearly to death. And uh, it was around Halloween, and there yeah, were I'm going to call them jackals. Well, but but, but the here's the thing: this happened in the same neighborhood, death, ladies and gentlemen. This was the, the he didn't die, but I mean he came all but, and and this happened in the same area right by the University of Memphis where this happened. So I mean, you know, people know anybody that lives in Memphis knows. Yes, there was, as Tucker said, it shouldn't be this way in America, uh, and you should have robust law enforcement that deters things like this from happening. Because let's face it, blacks and whites have been on this continent forever together, and only recently, only within the last fifty years, really has if you the believe in the Bible only like since Cain killed Abel, right? Right. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, we've always coexisted together. So this is another thing that I think is important to mention. Blacks and whites have always been on this continent together, but it's really only been in the last 50 years where you've seen this proliferation of violent interracial crime to this extent. And um, again, that's something I mean, why has it gotten out of hand it, it, within our parents, you know, lifetimes uh, to the extent that it is now where you can't go running and you can't go into these neighbors. I mean, never before would you have said things like that uh, when you had a robust law enforcement. So you got to get tough on the crime, not lax on crime like Memphis is wanting to do. Anyway, this is just a tragedy. If it was my wife, if it was my daughter, I mean, God forbid, I wouldn't want people talking about it, but I, it's just uh, it's and, and for that reason and with it being in Memphis, I, well, I let me, thought let me interrupt you. The, the family did make a plea for us to when we talk about it. Uh, to have appreciation and point out that she was a teacher, that she loved the children, that she was a mother, and she loved being a mother to her children, and she loved being a wife, and she loved... The family literally put out a public plea asking folks to focus on these wonderful attributes of Eliza to try to bring back at least a semblance of a good memory regarding who she was and what she stood for, uh, etc. So... I don't know that it's a problem to talk about it, but we have to deal with these issues, ladies and gentlemen, or we will never, ever stop the divide in America. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. The runner on third takes a short lead. Elwood glances over. Now back to the plate. He sets the pitch. It's swung on strike three. They've won it. They have won it. World champions. Jim, what's it like down on the field? John, it's a madhouse down here. I'm trying to get to Bob Elwood, the winning pitcher. 
Bob, Bob, how does it feel winning the seventh game on a strikeout? Yeah, I, I thought he'd be looking for a slider, so I came on with my fastball. World champions, is this the greatest moment of your life? Absolutely not. Jim, the best moments for me are breakfast with the kids, long walks with my wife just holding her hand, you know? Marriage. You're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Jim, when was the last time you held your wife's hand? Well, it's, it's, it's been a while. I tell you, you need to step up to the plate, Jim. For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Eliza Fletcher, rest in peace, and our prayers are with the family. We should try to bring out the best memory we can because we can't change the past. But prosecution, prosecution to the fullest extent of the law is what we're calling for right now. I don't care what color, I don't care what race, I don't care what ethnicity, I don't care what religion. This kind of crime should not be tolerated in America. Tucker's right about that. And these unwritten rules, ladies and gentlemen, are just a hint of the problem we're facing and the rules will continue to codify and get more and more to where all of America will be like Memphis if we're not very careful indeed. Tucker, spot on. Very candid report. He'll probably be fired over it. Um, anyway, Tucker Carlson, this could not be more horrible. This couldn't be more horrible. Amen. We agree. And we also agree to pointing out the truth about the whole situation. Um, all right. Next couple of quick stories before the end of the hour. First one, 70,000 people take to the streets in Prague to protest the Czech government, the EU, and NATO. The blaze is where I got this piece. In other countries, man, they take to the streets, James. Yes, this is very encouraging. I saw this a day or two ago, and there is a lot of conservative populist discontent, not just here in America. And by the way, just very quickly, uh, as an aside, but germane to this story, did you see Trump's rally after the Biden speech, uh, he was up there just a few miles uh, from where Biden was when he delivered the speech. And he had, what, 20,000 people? 20,000 people. And Biden gave a Labor Day speech. And I saw this, and I swear to you, Sam, I gave a speech in Selma, Alabama last month that was better attended than Joe Biden's Labor Day speech. In his well, hometown. And this highlight this highlights what hometown. we were talking about before the election, too. This was the case. And how could Joe win with such smashing supposed results, uh, given the turnouts that you see between the two? And we've highlighted this since even before the 2016 election. 
And, and this whole persecution of Trump, this Biden speech where everybody who's, you know, what's he talking about? He's talking about very basic conservatives are now, and I wrote a book about this, you know, but uh, 12 years ago. But now even the most nominal conservative is a Nazi, is a racist, is a white supremacist, is, is whatever. Uh, but yes, I mean, to your point about Prague, I mean, you could feel that same Prague-like energy. If anybody saw the videos of these 70,000 people out in Prague, you could feel that at that Trump rally a couple of days ago. It was about 20,000 people. But I haven't seen that kind. Uh, you know, Trump was in Memphis uh, back earlier this summer, and my co-host went to that event and covered it live from the event. My co-host was reporting on the air while Trump was speaking, and there was about, you know, 5,000, 7,000 people there. Uh, but this had, this whole thing that's going on right now has really gotten the populace dander uh, going again. And it's not just here. It's all the way uh, across uh, to the very... Uh, far eastern realm of Europe. But I'll tell you what's going on over there in Europe, Sam. If uh, One of the things that sort of brought out this crowd is the fact that there's a nightmare scenario about to happen in central and western Europe. Uh, they, if you don't know, and I've spent a little time in Europe, and a very little time, but I know a lot of people that are there. And by the way, I'm going to get somebody on the program very soon to talk about this. We are friends with members of parliaments uh, in different European nations and former members of parliament uh, that make regular appearances on my program. So we're going to get them on. Uh, but over there, they don't have air conditioning in the summer. They're, they're, most European businesses and homes don't have air conditioning because the climate is relatively uh, nice. In the past, the climate's been here. mild. Yeah, that's right. And, but the winters are always horrifically cold, of course, and so they do have heat. But so many European nations rely on Russian energy uh, to heat their homes and to keep their things going that um, the energy bills are supposed to skyrocket $2 trillion. They are saying that 20% of your income will go to your utility bill. Now, if, if you know in real estate, they do the, uh, what, what is it, debt to, rate, uh, debt to income ratio, and you got to be under a certain amount. Um, home ownership is, uh, your, your mortgage, you know, doesn't take much more of this than 20% uh, in a normal assessment, you, much less your utilities. So if utilities go up, and this is what these people are protesting, one of the reasons these people are protesting is they see this coming. It's getting fall in Europe. It's probably already getting a little cold over there in some of those uh, nation states. And when winter hits, and Russia has already said they're cutting off oil as a result of Western Europe's position on Ukraine, boy, boy, when people start freezing, this is what I've always said. You've already well, and got And then they're jettisoning all like the coal-fired power plants, too, so they won't even yes. be able to scramble and recover. That's so exactly this is a right. a disaster in the making. All well, somebody supposed climate change lie. All of that. See, all of this is coming together now. It's it's not just the position on Russia. It's been their position on energy for, for uh, decades now and so-called climate change. But now it's all coming to a head because Russia's got them by the short and curly. They're going to cut off the energy now because they're tired of, of, of these games the West are playing. Let Russia and Ukraine work out, sort out their differences. What business of it is Brussels or of London or of the United States, for God's sake? It's not. It's none. And But now there was a small coffee shop who got a $10,000 or 10,000 pounds, and the dollars actually caught the, the, the pound now, or the euro, I'm sorry, the euro, 
and $10,000 is their monthly utility bill. Uh, so, and it hadn't even gotten cold yet. So this is, uh, is going to be out of control. And I've always said so many people fundamentally do agree with us, but they're still too comfortable. As long as they can keep the lights on, as long as they can keep food on the table, as long as they're not starving, hey, as long as they're not circus, freezing, buddy. as long as they're not freezing. Uh, but Europe's about to freeze. Europe is about to freeze. But ladies and gentlemen, I understand the desire to get out in the streets and the frustration. But you know what? When people take to the streets in droves, it's third world country time. Okay, look, I'm not saying that we don't need to take drastic action in America to right the wrongs that we're facing and to, you know, um, stabilize the ship, so to speak. I get it. But I also know that, you know what, rioting in the streets doesn't help. It just gives the government an excuse to quell the rioters. It just gives the government the excuse to step it up or create violence in and of itself. That's what happens in communist China. That's what happens in, you know, these third world countries. It isn't what's supposed to happen in America. Sadly, every avenue, all five guarantees in the First Amendment have been shut down, and that's the problem in America today. There you go. But look, you shut down all five guarantees in the First Amendment, and then you shut down the Second Amendment, and what do you have left, folks? No choice but to do these kinds of things. Because otherwise, you know, can you peacefully go to the courts? No. They'll just say you have no standing. Uh, can you peacefully go to Congress? No. They're rich cats and they're not listening. And they'll do everything they can so that you can't even contact them or talk to them or whatever. Um, uh, you try to go to a rally or try to talk to them at a town hall meeting or whatever, they'll just literally have the people beat you back if they can't shut you down peacefully and never talk to you. Or they'll just start not showing up saying, hey, it's too violent, too crazy. Um, we In America, the problem that we have is that we are allowing them to create a shut-the-people-down mode. And when you do that to the point where the people have no other options, you will get this rioting in the streets. Mark my words. That's their goal. Because their real goal, as we've mentioned before many times, James, on the radio, is they want a civil war. That's what they're after. Well, I will tell you whether in hope. Look, empires, corrupt and bloated empires like the American empire now, unfortunately, and that's what it is. And that's what it was under Trump, too. I like Trump better than, than Biden, obviously. But you st- I mean, Trump was only the president. I don't, I don't say that in a jokingly way. I mean, the system still existed and we, we, we have become an empire now. And but corrupt and bloated tyrannical empires can fall without there being bloodshed in the civil war and of course we want that i mean it happened with the soviet union and if it can happen and that's in within our lifetimes if that can happen then it can certainly happen again uh they may i don't know what they want it'd be very difficult you know a civil war here uh, it's not going to be like the last one it's not going to be where you have well-regulated armies and and dividing lines between states, it's going to be doorstep to doorstep and red versus now it's going to be dog eat dog, brother against really brother. Really messy. Really messy. Democrat against that. Republican, every fault line. We don't want that. Uh, but I expect it. For example, Americans' approval of labor unions is at its highest point, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, it's at its highest point in 57 years. Ladies and gentlemen, they celebrated Labor Day. They love unions in America because people believe they get paid more. But it's a big old lie. The unions come straight out of the Communist Manifesto, James. Yeah, I, you know, we've talked about this. I, I have a friend that's in the electrical union because if you, if you can't be an electrician unless you're unionized. But I, my grandfather owned a very, very small construction business. And because he wouldn't unionize, the union people came and you know, slit the tires to his tractors and things like that. I remember hearing stories about that in the early days. And then, you know, some of that thuggery sort of got faded out. But, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Although, you know, a lot of these blue-collar union types pretty much think like us, the, the, how they became unionized. Because they're deceived, and they're forced into it. Yeah. Okay, I talked to a friend of mine who's in a big union. He works on AC units and all this kind of stuff. And he literally said, Sam, I can't even get a gig if I'm not in the union. So whether you like it or not, yeah, I love it. the union because I have a job. Well, so he's forced into this, and he ble- he's drank the Kool-Aid because he has no kind of choice. When you let the government and the unions get in bed together and they pull the lever of favoritism towards the unions so much so to where the free market can't even work, well, well no wonder people believe it, it, it's kind of like the Stockholm Syndrome. You know, hey, you they beat you to death and they give you a carrot, and you're like, oh, man, thanks for the food. This guy's my buddy. It's like that. You, know, you, look, at, you look at all these rough-and-tumble union workers uh, up in Pennsylvania and things like that, and they're just good people. They're good old boys, and I mean that in the best possible way. And there was, was pretty, you know, so many Trump uh, voters who belong to unions, and then of course every union came out and totally in the tank for Hillary. I mean, you, can, you know, what does Hillary Clinton have to do, and her mentality, and the people who vote for her? I mean, her core base have to do with the hardworking men that that join these unions. Nothing except for Very she'll little. tip the lever in favor at government. She'll tip the lever in favor of the unions for kickbacks, a pay-to-play kind of scenario to where they lever because she'll, she'll do the bidding, whereas real constitutionalists and conservatives understand that it's a plank of the Communist Manifesto, and they'll do their best to shut it down, and, and, and you know, right to work will become the order of the day. Final story before the end of the hour with James Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Law, former lawmaker Rick Santorum called the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago Another example of exactly why America needs a convention of states, a CONCON, to propose constitutional amendments that limit federal power. Only 15 more states are needed, ladies and gentlemen, to create a convention of states that will allow all states to propose and vote on their own amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Now, I think Rick Santorum is off his rocker nuts crazy. Look, folks, it's our lack of obedience to our checks and balances in the supreme law of the land. We've ignored it for so long. So many things are unconstitutional to where the system cannot work anymore. But what we ought not do is, is blame the Constitution, the contract. Um, that's what they want to do. And just imagine the folks that raided Mar-a-Lago, the folks that don't care that Eliza got murdered and raped, the folks that they're the ones going to be running the con-con. You think Sam and James are going to sit at the con-con table? If so, you've lost your mind. Okay, this is the psychosis that Rick Santorum is under right now. Folks, we need to turn to the contract and have obedience to it. It worked when we did. It's when we ignore it and jettison it that the problems start. Don't shoot the messenger or don't shoot the contract. You only got about 30 seconds, James, but wrap up on that, will you? Well, all I was going to say about that is I haven't heard Rick Santorum's name mentioned in a few years, and I could have gone the rest of my life without having it heard again. I'm not a big fan of his, and we don't want him leading anything like this. And if you're going to open up Pandora's box like that, it normally turns out poorly for the good guys. Every constitutional amendment after the first 10 has pretty much been very, very, very bad. Amen to that. Thank you, James Edwards. ThePoliticalCesspool.org for award-winning talk radio every Saturday night live. And on demand, thepoliticalcesspool.org. Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love. God save the Republic of the United States of America.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 7th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our two of two. And the goal always is to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country using the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. The checks and balances are brilliant. And one of the great solutions we have at our fingertips, and revolution is not the answer, ladies and gentlemen. A con-con is not the answer. Seceding from the union is not the answer. Standing for God, family, and country using the supreme law of the land is the answer, folks. It has worked before. We were able to separate from King George the tyrant. We were able to take all the different states who had competing intentions and desires under the Articles of Confederation, and we absolutely created the United States of America that worked so well for so long. Was it perfect? Of course not. There will never be perfection until the Savior, Jesus Christ, the author of our liberty, comes again. But in the meantime, it's the best blueprint we have Without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen. With that context, I want to talk about an interesting story that's happening right now. Uh, The Donald is in trouble, ladies and gentlemen. And the reason that Donald Trump is in trouble is because of the extreme views and hostile actions of the Democrats. All right? That's the problem. All right? Now listen to me. I've got some sound bites I'm going to play, Cameron. They're in the folder. And there's a few statements that I want to highlight for you. All right? The first one that I want to play is called Impeachment. Trump lawyer shows video of Democrats objecting to the 2016 elections. So, you know, when the Democrats are like, oh, you guys are just, you know, sour grapes. How dare you? Quit talking about, you know, uh, that since Donald lost the election, it's not true. There's no election fraud. Why were the Democrats and the Democrats' attorneys highlighting this then? Here's the clip. We'll talk about it. As recently as 2016, the Clinton campaign brought multiple post-election court cases, demanded recounts, and ridiculously declared the election stolen by Russia. Many Democrats even attempted to persuade the Electoral College delegates to overturn the 2016 results. House Manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which would not, should not be legally certified. No debate. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not. Debate. There's no debate. There's no debate. I object to the certificate. Uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yes, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. 
The objection cannot be entertained. The Counting debate is not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a city? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. Gentlemen, do you see how out of control and rabid the Democrats are? Even Joe, the moderate of the Democrats, in theory, uh, can't even gavel down his own people. Robert's Rules of Order, she's gone. Okay, now this is how rabid these people were about elections being stolen back in 2016. Now they act like the uh, Trumpites or the, quote, conservatives or whatever are just crazy discussing election fraud, that they're going to ruin the country. Ladies and gentlemen, this is insane, their their 180-degree turn on this, okay? Now you say, well, what are you talking about, Sam? The Democrats don't think there's election fraud. Yeah, they do. Even Joe admitted it. So let's do the next clip. Joe Biden, quote, no one will steal an election again. Here's Joe. We'll protect voting rights. We'll pass election reform and make no, make sure no one, no one ever has the opportunity to steal an election again. Wow. So Joe's saying no one will ever steal an election again. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey, Joe. Which election was stolen? Can you tell me that, my friend? Because your colleagues are saying that there's no election fraud or no elections were stolen at all. That it's just a crazy, psychotic notion of the conservatives to the detriment of our country. That's what you've been uh, allowing to happen in your party, Joe. And now you say there will never be an election stolen again? I'm I'm just kind of miffed. Uh, and how to handle this, right? I, I don't really know what to think of this. Um, because I didn't really know. Did you? Did you know that, ladies and gentlemen, that an election was stolen? Because your president, your president thinks that there is, right? And um, his colleagues have mocked us, saying, hey, elections are stolen or not stolen or whatever how dare you say that it isn't true whatever right now hillary complained about the elections being stolen right think about that you type into to google just type in clinton uh election st stolen okay and what do you get hillary clinton suggests election stolen from her is the first thing that comes up What do you say that? And a crowd broke out into applause after Hillary stated that. Yeah, Hillary Clinton claims election was stolen from her. What do you think of that? Think about that. So there you have it. Hillary's warning of it. The Democrats went crazy in Congress about it. And now they act like it's just some right-wing psychotic notion that isn't true. 
Now, I just put a clip in there. Hopefully, it's there for you, Cameron. It's Vote. It's a commercial that I created. Let's play that real quick. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest, it's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and, and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Think about that. So now you got Barack literally saying, hey, both sides have tampered with elections. You want to tilt things in your direction. Glad we're in charge of the machines. You got Hillary saying there's election. Uh, What did she say? It was stolen. You've got this impeachment Trump lawyer showing videos of Democrats literally objecting to the 2016 election. Joe Biden, no one will steal an election again. How many people do you want me to quote? Hillary, Joe, Obama, members of Congress, right? Hillary, let me think about that. Hillary, Joe, Obama, uh, members of Congress. Now, Larry Klayman and others at, uh, now it's um, Freedom Watch, uh, literally highlighting what we need to do. When we come back from the break, we're going to play this clip. But I want to set the stage for this. You know, Larry Clayman is a well-known attorney. uh, And he believes that we need to indict, try, and convict Joe Biden. And And I have to say that I agree with him. You say, why, Sam? Because Joe is so out of control that he's using the FBI and 11 plus agencies to literally violate the First Amendment to literally shut down speech, to really dig into this in a meaningful way where, you know what, he cannot use these agencies to go after his political enemies, which he has done. Think about it. Think about this. We got to indict, try, and convict Biden. I don't see any other choice. Right? Think about that. So attorney Larry Clayman is the only one that I know speaking out boldly enough about this to matter. But Biden has now become an enemy of the people and he's using his authority or power to literally turn the government against we the people. We'll come back and play that clip in a second to highlight this one more time. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. 
There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. All I can tell you is that Joe Biden is out of control. He tells lies regularly, uh, and he's just protected by those who are in control of the power in America. It is beyond imagination. Look, we have got to remove Joe Biden from office. He's going to flat out destroy the country, and he's going to rig the election. Okay? And there's no way to stop it that I can tell because nobody's putting the building blocks in place enough to stop the election fraud. Joe says no one will steal an election again. Well, what election are you talking about, Joe? Your colleagues at least now say there is no election stealing. It didn't happen. The conservatives are crazy. But Hillary alluded to it. Barack alluded to it. Um, impeachment Trump lawyers showing a video uh, of a, a ton of Democrats doing it. Now Larry Clayman is the only one that I know that's speaking up. Attorney Larry Clayman, help us indict, try, and convict Joe Biden. Attorney Garland and Ray over the, um, what do you want to call it, raid of his home? Okay, this is serious. Here's Larry Clayman. I'm Larry Clayman, the founder of both Judicial Watch and Freedom Watch and the current chairman of Freedom Watch. I'm the only lawyer to have had a court rule that a president of the United States committed a crime. That was Bill Clinton during his administration. Now it's time to do it again. And as you know, I've been trying Biden and his son Hunter and James Biden for bribery from communist China, Russia, 
and Ukraine. We are trying federal judges for violating their oath of office over January 6th. But now, with the raid on President Trump's house, my once proud alma mater, the Justice Department, has been turned into a total Gestapo to terrorize the American people. Do not believe for an instant that they were coming just for President Trump. The Justice Department under Biden is coming for you. And you have my solemn word, with your strong support, I will seek an indictment before a citizen's grand jury of Joe Biden, Attorney General Merrick Garland, and Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, for violating their oath of office and subverting the Constitution of the United States, as well as under the laws of nature and nature's God. We need your strong financial support. No one in this country has the guts to do what I'm about to do. I need you to have my back because I have the back of the American people. Go to freedomwatchusa.org. Contribute with tax-deductible contributions before it's too late. If you want to save this country for your children, grandchildren, and future generations, get involved and join Freedom Watch at freedomwatchusa.org. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Okay, he's the only one with the guts, along with me and maybe a few others, to say what needs to be said. And I want to know where the Republicans are on this. Okay, there, the Democrats are literally saying that we're criminals, that we are a, a threat to the democracy of America. They're literally leveling charges at us that we're somehow fascist, that we're literally evil and a domestic threat and terrorists. I can go on and on and on with the terms being used. They say we're insurrectionists. Okay, but Joe Biden, the guy that said he was for unity at the beginning of his presidency, now is literally so derelict in his duty that it's beyond discussion. Okay, how do we allow this to happen, right? How do we let this stuff happen? Okay, it's a fair, honest, open question. How do we allow this? Now, Biden tells made-up civil rights story even after his aides tell him that it didn't happen. This is what I mean, that he is derelict in his duty. How does he tell a story again, which means he's told it before, even though he's told that it isn't true, that it never happened, right? How does that happen? Here's Joe. I got elected to, I got very engaged in my case, the civil rights movement. And uh, as a kid, I was uh, I worked a lot in, in the movement and worked and I got deeply involved in the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party in Delaware was a Southern Democratic Party. Then we were uh, more a Southern state than a, than a Northeastern state. And I got involved and one thing led to another. And uh, one day a group came to me of the senior members of the party and said they wanted me to run for the Senate. Okay, it isn't true. Folks, let me be very clear. That never happened. Now, is the president just literally allowed to lie and peddle fake news with impunity? But this is the guy that is now taking off the gloves, the unity guy that says we'll never have a stolen election again. What is he talking about? 
how do we let this guy continue? I, I don't even know how to deal with this. How do we allow this guy to continue? Right? I don't know how we deal with this, but we cannot allow this to stand. And let me tell you why. Because uh, Trump is being attacked and being trapped by, I don't know who's who, who, the deep state's the only way I know how to describe it, the shadow government that Joe seems to be at the helm of and in control of. And they're attacking Trump, and Trump doesn't have the, trying to think of the right word. He's not shrewd enough. Um, I know he wrote The Art of the Deal, but he doesn't understand the art of the deal that he's in now. Because his own attorneys are betraying him. They have a goal of throwing him in prison. Now, I don't know if he'll ever go to prison. But I will tell you this, if Trump's not part of the deep state, he will go to prison. If he is part of the deep state, then all this will be political theater and he won't go to prison. Either he has friends in high places or he does not is another way to say this. All right, now let me be very clear so you understand. We have got to stop Joe. Joe literally is the one on his watch that allowed over a million illegals to come into our country now, and the systems can't even handle it. This is the guy that said there was no election fraud and conservatives are nuts, and now he admits there will never be another stolen election again. This is the guy that literally tells lies even when he's told, hey, that didn't happen. So you either wonder, is he just a habitual liar? Or is he not willing to listen to the truth from his aides? Or is he so derelict and, 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 and in such a brain fog that he just can't know, can't listen, can't? I don't know which is true. But we've got a national security crisis, not only foreign because of his, his lack of um, mental wherewithal, that we've got a domestic problem because he mentally believes that you and I are a threat to his democracy that you and I somehow will undo the country if left to our own devices. Now, here's the funny thing. Biden says Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. That's what he says. But ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. I'm not a MAGA Republican. First off, I'm not a Republican. Secondly, I'm not a Trump guy. I did not defend Donald Trump when he does things wrong, and I did not vote for him. When he does things that are right, I give him credit, which is well-deserved. But am I a MAGA Trump guy? No, I'm not. I'm not a Trump guy. I didn't vote for him. I'm not a MAGA guy when we say let's make America great again because I don't believe that Trump has the – I don't think Trump has a clue on how to make America great again. The only way to America great again is to put morality back in the people. In the husbands and wives of God-ordained, functional, traditional families. Okay, Trump doesn't know anything about that. Trump's had multiple wives and multiple women. He doesn't know anything about fidelity. All right? set that aside he doesn't understand the checks and balances of the constitution at all 
Third, when he came into office, he didn't jettison a single government department. Not a one. He didn't even release enough documentation to tell us the truth on any of the past, what they call conspiracies, we call false flag government operations or scandals. Joe didn't release any of that information. Neither did Donald. Barack Obama's birth certificate, was it forged? Well, Donald could have released all the information about it, but he didn't. See, Donald doesn't have the first clue. At the same time, he's being attacked relentlessly. And let me tell you the latest in seconds on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Jeff Deal, a former state representative endorsed by President Trump, has won the Republican nomination for Massachusetts governor and will now face Democrat Attorney General Mara Healey in November. Now it's on to the general election. And with this campaign... We are going to be redefining politics as usual here in Massachusetts. For the first time in our state's history, we're going to run a campaign that is focused specifically on we, the people, our freedoms, our rights, and our prosperity. The Austin American Statesman publication is reporting five Texas Department of Public Safety officers have been referred to the state inspector general's office for a formal investigation into their actions during the Uvalde school shooting. U.S. health officials said in a White House press briefing Tuesday that COVID-19 vaccines will likely become a yearly occurrence, like the annual flu shot. The hunt for the suspect and the Canadian stabbing massacre were dashed Tuesday when authorities acknowledged they have not located him. Canadian police Tuesday surrounded a home on an indigenous reserve while an emergency alert warned that the suspect might be in the area. Later in the day, police sent out another alert saying Miles Sanderson, one of the two brothers believed to have killed 10 people and wounded 18 in a series of stabbings, was not in the community. Four people were killed in California wildfires over the last few days. Record-breaking temperatures and drought are fueling the events. Over 4,000 firefighters are battling 14 large fires around the state. And 45 new fires erupted on Sunday alone. The Washington Post is reporting a document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities, was one of the documents in the FBI search last month of President Trump's Florida home. USA Radio News. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. 
Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. So before I get to this Trump latest attack, if you will, and the trap being set for the Donald, I don't believe Donald's savvy enough to get out of it. The only way he'll get out of it is if he's a, a member of the deep state. Otherwise, he's going to prison. I wish it weren't true, but I see the reality check. But Joe Biden made some other statements that show you that he's on the trajectory to betray America. Okay, he literally has a hostility, a hatred towards and an undermining of the country. And he's guilty of classic projection. When he says that you and I are going to destroy the country, that, okay, I'm not even a MAGA guy. I don't believe that Donald's way to make America great again will work at all. You got to have morality in the people and you got to obey the supreme law of the land and you got to turn to God. Donald Trump doesn't know anything about any of those things. You got to have strong families, traditional families, male and female. He doesn't really understand all that. Right. So all I'm telling you is that's the deal. All right. Now, um, I believe that uh, Joe Biden is out of control and wants to destroy the country. Here's more proof. We are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy, not just the world economy in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people dying, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden literally saying, we got a new world order out there. we got to go to this globalism thing. Ladies and gentlemen, he swore an oath to the supreme law of the land as president. This idea that we're all domestic threats, and that he wants to move to a new world order and preserve democracy, which we don't have, and attack mom for going down to the school board meeting and calling her a terrorist, and attacking guys like me for telling the truth. Okay, this guy has declared war on all of us. Right, but it gets worse. Larry Clayman is the only one saying we've got to try and indict this guy and convict Joe and Garland and all these clowns at the FBI. We need to find out who literally has mandated this, I don't know what you want to call it, manipulation of, of the media and free speech, the shutting down of certain speech and the promoting of other speech, directly affecting the outcomes of our, to our elections. Okay, this guy's on a psychotic bender to destroy the country. All right, well, here's the latest scandal that I see. The story is by a guy named Hans Monkey. I think that's how you say his name. M-A-H-N, Mon, C-K-E, Monkey, or Monk? I don't know. But he wrote for the Epic Times, and he's doing a phenomenal job, I might tell you. But here's the headline. Listen to this carefully, ladies and gentlemen. Trump lawyer may have walked into DOJ perjury trap. New documents suggest. Did you hear me? Trump lawyer may have walked into a Department of Justice or DOJ 
perjury trap. Now, why would the DOJ, if they're for justice, supposedly honesty and integrity, why would they want to create a perjury trap for somebody? Well, we know they do this consistently and constantly to conservatives. All right, remember back in the day when Roger Stone was being attacked and Jerome Corsi was being attacked and others. Jerome Corsi, or Jerome Corsi did not fall for the perjury trap and stayed free. Without a pardon, Roger Stone was in trouble. Now Donald may be in the same trouble as both of them. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the details. In a late night filing on August 30th, in response to former President Donald Trump's motion for an independent party to scrutinize documents seized from his Mar-a-Lago estate, the Department of Justice, the DOJ, urged to not grant his motion. Much attention has now been focused on this photograph attached to the DOJ's filing. And the photograph shows a number of documents marked top secret laid out on the floor. And they say, listen carefully, that the photos were taken from Trump's, they were recovered from the 45th office, which it defines as former president, president's office. At the, quote, premises. So, in other words, at Mar-a-Lago. So, think about the 45th office at Mar-a-Lago. Trump and his legal team, by the way, have insisted that he, quote, classify the documents in his possession. Um, and so, okay, they're saying, hey, he un- declassified. So, he declassified the documents, and so it doesn't really matter much what was in his possession. It doesn't matter what the markings are because he declassified it all. But that isn't true. Understand the DOJ, it seems, has been prepared for that argument. While the photograph was likely included in the filing, evidenced by the fact that it's currently on the front page of all the news outlets, right? The DOJ's real focus seems to be elsewhere think about that the doj's real focus seems to be elsewhere so you know we're all focused on the photo we're all focused on the idea that hey the president has the right to unclassify or declassify whatever he wants Uh, there's nothing wrong here but the doj's real focus is not on what they're feeding the news right now The news is all caught up on that. Hey, Donald can declassify whatever he wants. They took Donald's personal stuff uh, and that photo. Look at that. But the DOJ is focused elsewhere, specifically on a grand jury subpoena dated May the 11th. Not to mention a certification that was signed by a Trump lawyer on June 3rd. Both of these documents are included in the new filing from the DOJ. That's where this focus is. The subpoena, listen carefully. So there's the subpoena, and then there's the response from Trump's lawyer. That's where the trouble are on these two documents. It's not on the photo. 
It's not on the hyperbole in the media. It's on these two filings. Okay, listen. The subpoena demands that Donald J. Trump, listen, and or the office hand over any and all documents bearing classification markings, including but not limited to the following. The subpoena then goes on to specify the various classes of documents and the very unique classifications used by the government. All right, so remember, any and all documents, that's the part you got to understand, bearing these markings. When Trump received the subpoena back in May, he had two options, either comply or challenge the subpoena. Trump chose to comply. Here's his downfall. His attorneys, I'm sure, said, you ought to comply with this. We can get you out of this, right? Think about this so far. But he decided to comply. One of Trump's lawyers, we don't know his name because his name has been redacted in the filing, certified in June, listen carefully, that any and all Responsive documents have been handed over and none were withheld. So any and all responsive documents, that means everything you've asked for, we hand it over. But it now appears that the statement by Donald Trump's attorney was not true. As many documents marked classified were still at Mar-a-Lago. So you got to understand the nuances are in the words. Okay, it bears repeating that the DOJ did not ask for classified documents, but rather for documents that bared classification markings. Thus, the actual status of the documents is a moot point. The certified document or the certification by Trump's attorney appears problematic because he's claiming that all documents were turned over and it's not the truth. And if you say that you turned over everything when you didn't, now it's perjury. Thus, a trap was set by the DOJ based on the language used, and the attorney was not wise enough or astute enough to understand. While the subpoena addresses Trump's in, uh, I'm sorry, while the subpoena addresses documents in Trump's office, the certification only mentions Trump's office. It also attempts to narrow the scope of what should be handed over by playing word games. This is where the trap gets serious. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. 
a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So Trump lawyer may have walked into DOJ perjury trap. When Trump received the subpoena in May, he had two options, comply or challenge the subpoena. Donald chose to comply. The problem is the attorney is filing false information, perjury. Uh, they're using word games to try to narrow the scope and to try to, but it's a disaster because of the way the Justice Department wrote the subpoena. So the response to the filing of the subpoena is the problem. The attorney's playing word games and he's getting caught. And the word games are creating perjury for the attorney. The question becomes, will that bleed to Donald? Who gave the attorney authority to lie, to perjure himself? For instance, by referring to documents in boxes as opposed to documents generally. Well, the DOJ referred to documents generally. The DOJ didn't debate the classification or who has the right to classify documents. They said all documents. The problem for the Trump's attorneys is that all efforts of trying to create wiggle room are nullified by the statement that all responsive documents have been turned over because they have not. Proof, the picture on the floor unless they planted them there. A far bigger problem is the use of lawyerese, word games. For example, leaving out Trump himself and only referring to his office. All that could do is raise greater scrutiny. There was no benefit from playing word games, ladies and gentlemen. It only invited more scrutiny on the Donald. Did this attorney do this by mistake? Is he just derelict? Is he just ignorant, or did he intentionally do this, helping them tighten the noose on the Donald? If Trump was not willing to or unable to hand over all documents, then his legal team should have challenged the subpoena, right? Instead, they attested that all responsive documents were turned over when that appears not to have been the case. Now, the DOJ photograph shows originals. Some have argued that, hey, it's just copies and all documents have been returned. But again, the way the Justice Department wrote 
the subpoena in the first place. Well, the attorney said no copies remained at Mar-a-Lago either. Well, they did. They were. Whether they were copies or originals doesn't matter because of the broad statements of the Justice Department in the subpoena and the narrowing of the scope sounds good, but it betrays the attorney and Donald creates a perjury. It can all turn out that the lawyer's bogus certification turned out to be incompetence. A case of poor lawyering. In other words, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. But the fact is, with the DOJ already shown that it's determined to get Trump, this will not hold sway. It's likely that the DOJ will now target Trump's attorney to find out the details behind the certification. Was it a mistake by the attorney? Who authorized the lawyer to sign the certification? Who told the lawyer to say that everything was handed over when it was not? Did Trump or who told the attorney to lie or was it inadvertent? The bottom line is that the lawyer for Trump may have walked into a perjury trap by attesting to something that wasn't true. In the first instance, this is a problem for the lawyer. But it may become Trump's problem if the lawyer implicates him, whether it's truthful or not. We saw this with Michael Cohen and his attorney who implicated him. Where do we go from here? I don't know. But I'm telling you that this Trump lawyer may have locked into a perjury trap. Right? This is serious. Um, I don't know how to respond to this exactly. Because I personally believe the attorney is in bed with the Justice Department and the FBI betraying the Donald. I believe this is the quintessential reality check why we need to stop Joe Biden. Okay, the question is, is Donald an enemy of the government? Or is Joe the enemy of the government? Or are they both the enemy of the government? Because it's pitched right now by um, all the Republicans and Donald Trump that, hey, Joe's an enemy of the government. Look what he's allowed to happen under the FBI under his watch. The Democrats say Donald's the enemy of the government. Look, he stole documents and he messed, played games with classifications and he, he's going to turn over something to the deep state or he's going to sell something to the other nations that shouldn't have this information. They make all kinds of allegations. But the bottom line is, do you believe Joe's a threat to the nation? Do you believe Donald's a threat to the nation? Do you believe both of them or neither of them are a threat to the nation? See, that's really the four options, right? But in the end of the day, the DOJ's real focus seems to be elsewhere. Specifically on a grand jury subpoena. Right? This is serious. Because it really highlights the problem in America. Right? Can we trust Joe? Can we trust Donald? When Trump received the subpoena in May, he had two options. Comply or challenge the subpoena. He should have challenged the subpoena. Because all the stuff publicly that Donald's talking about makes it sound like he's challenging the subpoena. Look, you can't play games with classifications. I can, not class- I can declassify anything I want to. 
hey, you didn't have a right to go into my home. I have the right to these documents. The courts back me up, da 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 But that's not the argument anymore. The argument is Trump's attorney, uh, in the response to the subpoena, literally perjured himself. Well, did the Trump attorney perjure himself? Or did he file it on behalf of whoever calls the shots, whoever perjured themselves, right? Isn't that right? The bottom line is that a lawyer for Trump may have walked into a perjury trap by attesting to something that isn't true. So now it doesn't matter if Trump's right on the point of the raid. It doesn't matter if the FBI was out of line by conducting the raid. The focus will eventually transfer to Donald committed perjury in court by filing or attesting to statements that were not true. The broad focus of documents with classification markings and then the broad at Trump's office. So you make it so broad that anything you say, unless you literally turn over everything and match the language, you're going to perjure yourself. Trump's attorneys fell for it and narrowed the scope and perjured themselves. The question becomes, who gets the fall for the perjury? Let me say that again. The question now is, who will take the fall for the perjury, right? That's a very serious, right? That's the quintessential question. Who will take the fall for the perjury? In my opinion, unless Donald has some wiggle room we don't know about, Donald will be on the hook for the perjury. And it will be very difficult for Donald to get out of this perjury reality. If Donald doesn't take the fall for the perjury, I'm convinced that Donald's part of the deep state, and what they will do is they'll use this perjury as a way to get Donald off. They can push hard, 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 and then they can perjure, then they can say, look, the attorney's guilty, the attorney did this on his own, an act of malice, whatever you want to say, the attorney will fall, Donald will skate, and the Democrats will say, golly, isn't that horrible? Well, at least we got an attorney. See, Donald is guilty. And they'll put the blame on Donald even though he won't go to jail. That means he's part of the deep state. This is just my opinion to which I'm entitled. Uh, but if Donald goes to jail, then he's probably not part of the deep state. See? Look, the good guys go to jail. We've seen this over and over and over and over. Ask Gavin Bundy if you don't believe me. He went to jail for two years, and at the end he was guilty of nothing, and the government was guilty of all kinds of um, problems, right? But I think that we need to stop Joe now because we cannot let this system happen where um, all these shenanigans can happen like this, right? Right? Trump lawyer. What goes on with this? What do you think? Who will take the fall for the perjury? I believe that'll tell you who's deep state and who's not or who's whatever status. You can say, well, Sam, it isn't that simple. Maybe, maybe not. But all I know is this. I don't see Donald being able to get out of this if he's not deep state. I also don't see Donald going to jail if he is deep state. They don't put their own in jail. Look at Hillary Clinton. Look at Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton committed perjury. Hillary Clinton literally created a fake Russian dossier on her opponent, another candidate for office. 
She literally had classified material in her hands, and she lied, but nothing happened to her. She literally destroyed evidence on hard drives. Bit bleach is, I think, the software that was used to wipe all the data. She didn't get in any trouble. See, the deep state doesn't prosecute their own. They only prosecute us. So we're going to keep an eye on this ball, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm telling you, this document, or I'm sorry, this article written in the Epic Times really puts its finger on what we need to pay attention to here. Right? If Trump wasn't willing to handle hand over all documents, his legal team should have challenged the subpoena. That's not what they did. Hans Monkey, I think is how you say it. Anyway, this guy is with the Epic Times. They are spot on on this. This is where the real rubber meets the road. Well, everybody else is focused on things that are kind of side discussions, right? They're kind of side discussions because they don't really nail down the facts where this does. Now, why would the Justice Department literally create a perjury trap for the attorney? Or for somebody, I don't know. That, again, is the question. Is it because they want to push so hard and then have proof that they're right? Well, who will take the fall for the perjury really gives me an indication of who they're really going after. If it's to just let an attorney fall guy go down so they can blame it on Donald. But never uh, never really force accountability on Donald. Then the... They'll let the attorney go down, but they won't let Donald go down. If Donald really goes down, I don't believe he can be part of the deep state. Unless he goes down and gets such a light sentence that it will matter not. That's a possibility, too. Anyway, this is very interesting because I believe that this article in the Epic Times really focuses on the key things we need to be paying attention to. And it's why Joe Biden needs to absolutely be stopped. We shouldn't allow this to occur where we set traps for people and go after people like this. That's not the American way. That's the way of third world countries. That's the way of dictatorships, ladies and gentlemen. All I can tell you this is we better get together and stand for liberty or we're going to lose it. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally. That'll keep us on the air. God save the Republic of the United States of America. 